Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Evan Hoovler and Mike Valverde. And Evan, we already know how your day is going. Rife with technical problems, but how you doing? God, God. So I hit my snooze button at 6 a.m., which I never do. And you know that's death, because in that time, my kids woke up, went downstairs, decided they were hungry, found some ramen, threw it in a bowl, put it in the microwave, no water, and just heated it until it burnt up. Is that not how you make ramen? There is some new level of terror when you're a parent of small children waking up to the smell of something burning. Oh, that's I, I can see that happening, but oh uh, that's not something I have to worry about. And same with my other co-host, Mike Valverde. Mike, how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing really well. Uh, working on these draft kits uh, for Fantasy Doctors and keeping me busy and watching the Giants just getting absolutely trashed. Chillax. Uh, against the Dodgers. Uh, hopefully that changes around. Hopefully they win at least one game against the bums yeah if they can walk out of this with i don't know if they walk out of this with the split series because it's a four game series i think i would be over the moon but i don't see that happening so all right as you heard sports are back baseball started uh on thursday yesterday when you're hearing this and you know what that means FanDuel is back and FanDuel is one of our sponsors for this uh if you go to fanduel.com slash football absurdity and make a deposit you will get uh five bonus dollars and it'll help us out a lot and uh since sports are back for now bet on them while you can do your daily fantasy while you can it's gonna go away again juan soto has covid so um so I wasn't planning on doing that uh, sponsorship uh, read right off the top, but uh, Mike rolled us right into it. So today's episode for July 24th, 2020, is going to be a continuation of our player previews, our positional previews. Uh, last week in the Patreon bonus feed, we started with quarterbacks. We had a great discussion about Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes, and one quarterback that Mike wants to take probably, I think it was three tiers down um, for from where he he was being drafted um, who used to be a tier one quarterback. So if you want to figure that out, you can go to patreoncom slash football absurdity, sign up, pay us three bucks and you get access to all the bonus episodes. And when there aren't bonus episodes uh, during the off season, I am doing an extra post. So you're going to get content every week for three bucks a month. I posted it today uh, on Friday this week. It is um, the all undraftables is what I call them. The undraftables. It's everybody going outside of a, what I'm calling the draftable range, which is the top 156 picks. Cause that's 13 rounds, 12 teams minus uh, kickers and DSTs. Uh, those would be rounds 14 and 15. So it's outside of a standard draft. So um, that's interesting. It's the easiest year I've had since I've done this, I do it every year. And that was, this has been the easiest year. So there's plenty of late round uh, wide receivers, tight ends, running backs and quarterbacks this year. So, um, so yeah, that's exciting. And uh, Mike mentioned, he's got a draft kit coming up football absurdity. We finished all of our uh, sleepers, breakouts and busts. Uh, we finished our player profiles. We finished our rookie roundups. Uh, the last sleeper breakout and bust will post on Sunday. Um, and then all of that will be on the website. That'll be up uh, for free 
um, without a paywall until August 1st, in which case about half of those things are going to go behind a paywall. Our patrons can get in and uh, we're working on um, if you don't want to be a patron to get the other uh, the rest of it. We also bundle it all up, make it nice and pretty into a draft kit for you folks as well. Um, that's coming out on August 1st. So speaking of Patreon and our patrons, we have three new ones since our last main episode. That would be Dustin Pope. Dustin, welcome. Thank you for joining the team. Kenneth Shutt. Welcome. Thank you for joining the team. And Brian Sklar, I don't know why you're paying us $3 a month. You are a writer for the website. <laughs> <laughs> Brian! <laughs> Come on, Brian. So um, the Patreon patrons do also get access to an exclusive Discord channel in our Discord, which is tiny.cc slash absurdity. And finally, Evan is doing his first live streaming of a mock auction tonight at 6 p.m. on Friday on Twitch. And it's at twitch.tv slash drunknerds8888. Thank God those other two eights were in there, Evan, because otherwise we'd have some Nazi problems. Oh, gosh. Yeah, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, I'm going to walk through my decision making and I hope it can help some people. Yeah, Evan does a ton of, of uh, mock drafts, uh, mock auctions, basically one every day. Um, and it will really help you out because auctions are more about thought process and strategy than uh, trying to suss out ADP like a snake one is. So um, that'll stay up on Evan's Twitch um, afterwards. So if you miss it tonight, you can go check it out another time. So, like I said, running back preview. But first, we've got some news, boys. Guys, is Washington's new team name better or worse than the last one? <laughs> you know, Way better. I, I, yeah. Name sport team. <laughs> I like that. You know, what I also like is that it's kind of harkens back to the old school football days where you didn't have like symbols and, you know, highlighting uniforms that look like someone took a highlighter to it and just marked it all up. And Oh, come on. The Seahawks uniform isn't that bad. <laughs> it's awful. Um, and all those kind of things. It's like hardcore grassroots. Uh, football with the number on the helmet instead of a symbol. Uh, I, I'm, I'm digging on it. I'm liking it. Yeah, um, I have a couple takes on it. One, I was really excited to, for them to change their name away from the slur because I got really sick of saying Washington football team. And I was like, awesome. Great. Thank you, guys. Thank you for making it Washington football team. The thing I was sick of saying. Two, um, make it Washington FC. Do like the uh, uh, like uh, the soccer. soccer. <laughs> yeah, make it Washington FC. That would be cool. That would be really cool because then you could have a shield. You could just bite on that um, that whole deal. So out of the way, Washington Arslers are no more. I can start using full team names again without feeling weird once I get to Washington. I'm excited about that, even though their team name is stupid. So this is breaking news as of about an hour and a half before we recorded this. The NFL and NFLPA Executive Committee, so the players still have to vote on it, but the Executive Committee have come to an agreement for COVID-19 for 2020. So I'm going to run down a few things. And if this is wrong, this is the information that we have as of 2 o'clock on Friday. So don't blame me. So uh, first thing, um, it is going to be pay or no, no play, no pay is what they're calling it. So players get paid on a per game basis. If the season gets called, um, then they stop getting paychecks. So I hate that. I don't like it. I understand why they did it. I just don't think because the season's only going to get called when the play gods are satisfied that they've taken enough NFL players from us. So uh, once the risk is satisfied, then the players don't get any more compensation. That sucks. I don't like it Two, There's well, some. 
Oh, what go is ahead. that you don't like about it? Well, I think that the players are the ones putting themselves out there. I think if, you know, instead of saying you don't get paid for the rest of the season, say you get 10% of your salary for the rest of the season or whatever, because the only reason the season's going to get called is if enough NFL players get sick and maybe one dies from COVID. We have a, a major league player who has an inflamed heart because of this. Um, then the season gets called. So it's saying you're going to take this risk and we'll pay you like normal. And once the risk is fulfilled and actualized, and people are getting sick enough for us to call the season, then you don't, you get nothing after that. So it's like you're taking the risk, and then once the risk has been actualized, you don't get anything else. There's no, there's no premium there. There's no give from the owners, is I guess what it would be. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. I mean, we could debate that, but I mean, yeah. what you're saying is logical. Yeah, it's just my knee-jerk reaction is it's like, so the season gets called because enough players got sick, or sick or sick enough from this and then the compensation is over that's that's what's iffy to me uh, i'm like the nfl multi-million dollar athletes are now part of a gig economy <laughs> the same economy that uber drivers have to suffer through wow <laughs> yeah and if uh you know if they drop below a four-star rating they don't get any more teams um not even all uber drivers any welcome to california and ab5 and <laughs> oh that's a whole that's a whole nother story <laughs> so uh so this is good news um couple uh we'll get into some fantasy football ramifications one training camp rosters are starting on august 16th limited to 80 players so that sounds a little weird until you think about i think it was up until two years ago your first cut down was around august 16th after the second preseason or it was around the second or third preseason game which is what august 16th would be so it's kind of going back to that. You can have up to 90 now, down to 80 when padded practices start, but there's going to be a 16-player practice squad this year. So that means after that first cut, the chances of sticking around are very high because you got 53 guys, you got 11-player practice squad, that's 69 guys, nice. Um, that's only 11 cuts after that first roster cut down. So that's pretty good, and that's accounting for COVID. Um and what's weird about the schedule is we don't get a padded practice until August 16th. In a normal season, that's two preseason games deep already. Right. So my question for all of this, and this is what I want to talk to you guys about, the fantasy football ramifications of all of this is who is the one player you think this hurts the most? And if you, and, and I'll start it off. It's Keyshawn Vaughn. What have we said about Keyshawn Vaughn? We said Keyshawn Vaughn is a better pass blocker than Ronald Jones. And because of that, we think that he once he gets acclimated to the Tampa Bay offense, he's going to take over for Ronald Jones because he's not going to get Tom Brady knocked on his butt. Well, if he doesn't get a chance to get acclimated to the Tampa Bay offense, guess who's going to take over at the beginning of the season? It's going to be Ronald Jones. And I'm starting to think he may not give up this this role to Keyshawn Vaughn that, that you know some of us thought was going to happen. So I think the one player this hurts the most is it's one, it's going to be a rookie unless it's a, you know, quarterback changing teams or something. Um, but I, I, I personally think it's going to be Keyshawn Vaughn. What do you guys think? Oh yeah. I, I think it's going to have to be a rookie for sure. Um, I have, I have a different player in mind, but I don't have any problems with, with saying that Keyshawn Vaughn is definitely going to be one of those guys that it's going to affect for sure. So who do you think? I'm, I'm thinking Jonathan Taylor. Uh, okay. 
And the reason being is that Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack are pretty much similar guys. We're talking, you know, 1A and 1B here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the Really, the only difference is that Taylor might be a little tad better at catching the football, and it's not by much. And also the difference is that Marlon Mack likes to take the ball around the end where Jonathan Taylor likes to hit those gaps. But other than that, um, Taylor's probably a little bit faster, but we're, we're not, we're, we're nitpicking differences here. So with, with this putting a delay and you're, you're not, you're, you're not working with the offenses. You're not showing what you have. And when you're, when you, when you can just look over on the other end and go, okay, this guy can do pretty much what this standout rookie can do, then, you know, it's going to push those players even farther down the, the depth chart until they can get into NFL shape and, get used to being hit by NFL players and doing all those kind of different things that are so important for rookies to experience. Yeah. The first time that um, Jonathan Taylor goes up against full speed NFL competition is going to be week one. And that's true of DeAndre Swift, of JK Dobbins, of Cam Akers, of Zach Moss, of all these rookies, Joe Burrow, you know, it's, it's going to be a real into the fire situation real quick for these running backs. And Mike, to your point, I I saw Jonathan Taylor as coming for Marlon's Mac job, Marlon Mac's job sooner rather than later. Now I kind of see him like I used to see JK Dobbins in that at some point this season, there's going to be a handover from Mark Ingram to JK Dobbins. It would be insane for them to keep pounding Mark Ingram as much as they did, given how much he got, you know, given that he got hurt down the stretch last year and, um, you know, he wasn't really fully recovered for the playoffs. But now I kind of see Jonathan Taylor the same way where it's like maybe you draft and stash instead of draft and think you're going to start them in the first few weeks of the season. Right, exactly. And you, you, they're definitely going to test drive them out, but I don't see as, as it being a, as a split as as much as it would have been in a normal season mm-hmm. uh, at all. And I think, you know, you're going to, Martin Mack's going to definitely dominate the carries more than Jonathan Taylor least for the first i would say four to five weeks and then then you'll probably see taylor's role expand even more but yeah i i really early in the season the first month or so i don't i don't see taylor being much of a factor yeah i would say in the last quarter of the season taylor if, if everything works out the way the colts hope taylor has more carries than marlon mack but i don't know at which point that switchover happens now i thought it would happen earlier in the season now i'm not so sure evan who do you think is most affected by uh, this uh, no preseason and uh, no padded practices till August 16th. Cincinnati rookie wide receiver T Higgins. Okay. He's got a rookie quarterback too. So it's the blind leading the blind situation there. Mm. Cincinnati's not hurting for wide receivers for, uh, I, I'd expected him to pass John Ross in the preseason. Now, I don't know. John Ross has had what, two, three years, three years in that offense. It's ugh. John Ross is feeling pretty lucky. Today. Yeah. John Ross got a stay of execution, I think. <laughs> oh, John Ross, who actually, when he got hurt last year, was leading the league in yards and receiving yards. Weird stat. But that's what happens when you catch a 66-yard touchdown at the end of uh, a game that doesn't matter. So um, those are the guys we think will uh, get hurt the most. Uh, some of these notes I put together before that news. Uh, Todd Gurley said he may sit out the season if no COVID-19 safety protocol is in place. Sounds like that uh, is not a problem. Uh, second is Tua Tungo Vailoa is, quote, ready to go. If he's the starter on day one, 
Um, where are we taking him? Is he top 15 quarterback if he's a starter day one, or is this camp going to cause some problems? Oh, I can't, I can't invest in a rookie that hasn't had no practice or no on field. Yeah. What were you going to say, Mike? Yeah, I, I agree with you, Evan. And not only on top of that, but I mean, the guy is brittle. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, I could see the Miami Dolphins running a heck of a lot more with with tags, two tags, two tags, there we two go. tags, tags um, uh, at, at the helm. I, I don't see any chance, any, any at all that that two tags is the starting quarterback in week one. But uh, if I if he is, let's just say I I, I don't draft him uh, unless it's like a total flyer um late late in the draft like last round and i'm like yeah okay let's see what this guy can do kind of thing but other than that i have no interest okay tua or burrow 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 evan uh burrow i'm taking tua because where you're going to be drafting them you want that upside and tua has higher upside than burrow for fantasy this year and if he sucks then i can cut him because he's like they're both after quarterback 20-something off the board. Sorry, Evan, I, I interrupted you. Well, no, that's a good point. I guess I was thinking floor because I was thinking about the rushing yards, but I shouldn't be thinking floor. You're right. That's right. That's roster construction. Okay, so uh, running back uh, roundup. Devonta Freeman wants to find a new team in the immediate future for Drew Rosenhaus uh, so he can still go out there and ruin Miles Sanders for everybody. Um, and Raheem Mostert met with high-ranking 49er official to, quote, clear the air and, quote, get on the same page. So... Remember when everybody was panicking and I was like, it's just a, it's just a, a, a financials thing. It's just a compensation move. He's not getting traded. Sounds like everything's good to go. Raheem Mostert will be in San Francisco. So we got a couple pieces of roster speculation. Um, ESPN's Jenna Lane thinks that Rojo is going to start the season as run, as the lead back. Dario Ogun Buwale will be the third down back and Keyshawn Vaughn will be a pure backup. Mike. You loved Dario Ogunbowale last year. If I could tell you that Dario Ogunbowale would be Tom Brady's new James White, because he could be. Which I've been saying. Which you've been saying. So is he a top 36 running back for you? Oh, uh, you know, just because he's because James White does more uh, than just be a third down back. I'm gonna say no. James White was is was used down in the goal line situations and those type of uh, areas. And I don't see Dare being that kind of guy. I see him as a pure, just third down kind of guy when catching passes out of the backfield. I'd be a lot more confident with like four and a half to five, but I'm definitely drafting, drafting him. I, I think just the way Tom Brady uses his running backs to make that terrific dump off pass that he, that he does so well with it's, perfect situation for ppr leagues full pp full point ppr leagues full ppr not half no okay all right and so um we do have i'm going to carve out the next 10 minutes to talk about one of our favorite players mike davis everybody oh yeah he's back huh mike davis is back remember mike davis you might remember him as christine michael as well yeah, same uh, guys didn't we have guy. a line about mike davis and christine michael on every single one of our player profiles last year uh, we had what, it very close, but he <laughs> might have the edge to back up Christian McCaffrey. And to that, I say, okay, <laughs> look out for your Reggie Bonifon shares, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, 
that is the news rundown. If there's anything else, hey, sorry. You know what? Um, we have a lot to talk about. So this week we're going to talk about running back. So if you're not one of our patrons, you did not hear a quarterback preview. So what we do is we start off with a pick your poison. We talk about general running back strategy and philosophy. Uh, backs we're avoiding, backs we're targeting, and then we go through the tiers. And the tiers are based off of Fantasy Pros, Half PPR, ADP. So if you quibble with the tier where a player is, don't get mad at us. Get mad at your fellow drafters because they are the ones taking them there. So, gentlemen, the pick your poison is the, um, I'm calling them tier tier four, because tier one is Christian McCaffrey tier, so I don't count that as a tier. Tier four running backs. These are guys going in a row. Picks uh, 29, 30, 31, and 32. They are Leonard Fournette, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Chris Carson, and Melvin Gordon. And we didn't talk about CEH when we were talking about those running backs, the rookie running backs. Probably should have. Um, I might have to eat some crow on Damian Williams. But Leonard Fournette, CEH, Chris Carson, Melvin Gordon, pick your poison. Who are you drafting there? Um between picks 29 and th- you're on the clock at pick 29. All four of these guys are there. Who are you taking? Uh, Evan. I'm still going CEH. You don't need a lot of time to get used to an offense when you're only seeing six in the box. You, so. you, don't, you don't need a lot of time to uh, acclimate to playing with the best quarterback in the league. Yeah. Yeah. I think he can get plugged right in there. It's all a matter of fit with these rookies, you know, and he fits better than any rookie in recent history. Okay. Um, Mike, what about you? So I'm going to say CEH, but only kind of like by default. I mean, I think Leonard Fournette would be the guy, but they now have Chris Thompson who's going to steal all those receptions away from Fournette. Uh, So you're going to look at maybe 40 receptions out of Fournette and some guy that scored and he scores like four touchdowns a season. So he's going to have a disastrous year. Uh, Chris Carson, you can't trust staying healthy at all. And then Melvin Gordon, who knows what they're going to do. You know, I don't I don't see them just not using Royce Freeman or uh, Philip Lindsay. I think they're all going to be sort of in the mix. Gordon should lead that backfield, of course. But it's one of those things where I think all three are going to have some kind of role leading CEH. And again, Damian Williams, the tweet I took hell for. It's still now coming more and more true that <laughs> Damon Williams is going to have a bigger role than most people realize. So I, it's a really disaster. But that offense is just so good, and he should have plenty of opportunities to score touchdowns, plenty of opportunities to catch passes. So I'm going to go with CEH. Okay. I'm going to go CEH as well just because I'm a big CEH guy. Um, and I hate Damian Williams with a fire and a passion. And uh, if he gets, uh, if Damian Williams gets, I think it's 180 touches, it'll be a career high. So um, that's not good. <laughs> that's not good at all. Um, so, all right, let's transition over to general running back strategy and philosophy. And I'll start with this one. Um, I'm getting running backs early. I'm getting running backs often. And if I'm choosing between a wide receiver and a running back, I'm going with the running back. You cannot have enough running backs. They get hurt so much. They get beat up so much. And unlike wide receivers, if a guy gets hurt, there's a clear backup, usually, most of the time. Like if, for example, um, we were talking about DeAndre Hopkins. We've talked about DeAndre Hopkins in Houston. His absence is spreading targets out among the offense. But... 
Carlos Hyde leaving the offense for Houston is putting tar- or rushes straight into David Johnson's pocket. So it's that same sort of thing with running backs where if one guy gets hurt, the next guy up is usually getting a lot of touches and carries. It's why we'll do things like can, you know, get a lot of touches to Wes Hills and um, who is the guy on the Wayne Gallman, you know, the coaches like to just plug in the next back and um, give him a lot of opportunity to produce a lot of the time. So I'm getting a lot of running backs. I'm getting them high. I'm getting them often. And um, I'm knowing that I'm, I'm ideally walking out of my draft with three running backs in the first five rounds. I was taking cam Akers in the sixth. Now I'm not so sure, so sure what I'm going to do in the sixth, but, um, but that's my strategy early often. And then, Find a couple late guys that you believe in and take them because at the late running backs, you want dart throws. You want as many throws at that board as you can get, which is where zero RB came in, which we'll talk about zero RB in a second. Um, But that's my plan early, often, and grab a couple guys that you believe in late. So, Mike, what's your strategy with running backs? I think after the first three running backs for me, um, McCaffrey, Barkley, Kamara are the three running backs uh, that I have in the top three. However you want to put them, you can. But uh, to me, those are the three backs that I, I'm looking at. If if all three are off the board, then I'm probably going to go wide receiver. Mm. I, I really like Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott. If they're like in the seventh or eighth pick, um, I'd probably go with them. But I'm looking definitely wide receivers. So it's a, it's a little mixture in between just depending on where – you're selecting your your first pick, but then the second round you definitely have to go running back if you go wide receiver because as you mentioned, the the, the pickings are very very slim. That's interesting because I remember back at the beginning of the offseason I want to talk to you about what has changed because we did a mock draft where Mike uh, Thomas Michael Thomas went fourth and you were way against that is that because you soured so much on zeke because now you're saying you'll take him fourth did i really yeah. yeah um i yeah no i i would i would take him fourth uh maybe yeah i don't know why i would i was sour on that maybe it's just something to get used to because i'm so used to the running backs going so early i don't really know why um i would be sour on that but i i do remember not liking that yeah. So, um, so yeah, something has definitely changed for you um, in the uh, at the I mean, top of the draft. I, I'm sorry. I really like Michael Thomas being the fourth, but it's like okay, he's the number one receiver, but you know he's not going to finish the number as a number one guy. Yeah, I, I, I that gets into you know he's going to be top three at worst probably, and. Um, so, um, so that is, uh, something to, uh, to think about. Sorry, I got very distracted because I got a very funny trade proposal in my dynasty league. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Was it funny as in like really bad or funny as in interesting? Funny as in interesting. Well, what been, was it? We've been making jokes about, uh, about running backs and I keep talking about how I want to drop Miles Gaskin and somebody traded offered me a Miles Gaskin for Kalen Balazs. Oh God, <laughs> it's just funny. Um, so Evan, uh, running backs uh, in auction. So what's your strategy with running backs? I will spend between 100 up to $130 for my top two running backs. 
I need to get two of the top 12. Or maybe one of the top 12 and one of the top five wide receivers and then get an extra starting running back back in the back running back too. But if I'm – it's auction. If I can't get two first-round picks, what am I even doing here? Let me just go snake draft, you know. And uh, you can always – wide receiver is so deep. Uh, Tyler Boyd is wait, 31st. And after that and, – and, and 30th is Stefan Diggs, uh, uh, according to Yahoo's current rankings. You can always steer out of the skid. Well, I guess you don't want to steer out of the skid. You want to steer into the skid. You can always steer into the skid by uh, uh, finding wide receivers late if you find that you didn't get any early. You know, that you didn't like the prices. But once the top 20 running backs are gone, there there's not much you can do uh, in those categories. So let me just take care of that first and then figure out how much money I have left to structure the rest of my team. Okay. So um, I'm going to go ahead and skip uh, this next question we have about differentiating between uh, two, three, and four because your hair splitting at the top. We'll talk about that in the tiers. Who are running backs that you are avoiding like the plague and evan i will start with you because that's easy in auction because your your whole thing with auction is you find what is it you fall in love with 10 percent of the players or something yeah yeah i just fall in love with 10 percent of the players and they're 90 percent. i don't want even if even if they're going for a significant uh discount you know i mean if they're going for something stupid that's fine they never go for something stupid but hey if you there's Ezekiel Elliott's going for five to ten dollars less. No, I would rather have those five to ten dollars to outbid somebody on a player I want. You know, there's it's different. Whereas if Ezekiel Elliott fell to like the back end of the first round in a in a snake draft, that's pretty good because you're going to get the value in the second round uh, picking early. Uh, that's not the same in auction. Every dollar is a potential chance to get a guy you love. And as I mentioned, Ezekiel Elliott's on my hate list. Derek Henry, Dalvin Cook. Joe Mixon, uh, Nick Chubb, Aaron Ooh. Jones. Okay. So Leonard Fournette, Chris Carson, <laughs> Marvin <laughs> Gordon. Just keeps going and going for you. Yeah. Okay. So Mike, who are a couple, we already know about Ezekiel Elliott. You're getting a, I, I'm, I'm putting a, a kibosh on, on your Ezekiel Elliott hate. <laughs> Cause we know, and, and you've, you've converted me over to, I, you know, Ezekiel Elliott's probably my, going to be my running back six. Yeah, I think Mike converted a lot of people on this podcast. Yeah, Mike converted me, converted Evan, um, and uh, now I'm a Zeke hater, so uh, come at me. So, Mike, who are your your guys, a couple guys that you're avoiding in in drafts? You you could throw a Derrick Henry in that pile, uh, Uh but um, Nick Chubb, I I think, is just way too valuable. Value is way too high. Uh, Also... um, Miles Sanders for right now, because I don't think this is going to be Miles Sanders' backfield. And then Austin Eckler as far. And then Leonard Fournette. Mm. Those guys. Okay. So um, what's having you avoid, we'll say, Austin Eckler? That's one that I'm curious about. Got That that raised my antennae a little bit. And then Nick Chubb, if you want to talk a little bit about Nick Chubb, too. I, I think Nick Chubb, of course, is with Cream Hunt. And as we saw when he was with Cream Hunt last year, he was an RB24 and not mm-hmm. an RB8, which is what he's going out as now. And mm-hmm. I really don't see much of a, a difference between um, an RB24, which it was last year. Uh, it's maybe an RB20 if, if you want to say, okay, well, maybe the offense will be better for Chubb with, with Hunt, you know, or whatever. But he's not going to be anything better than RB20 as long as Kareem Hunt is there. And then uh, as far as Austin Eckler is concerned, I just think that Justin Jackson is going to have a, a 
greater role than a lot of people think. They, I think many people just are in this fatuation with Eckler thinking he's going to be the bell cow back because that's what he was for four weeks. Well, he's not built that way. Uh, and I think he even went on Twitter and talked about that he's not even built that way. So it's it's definitely going to be Justin Jackson's role going to be a lot uh, more expansive than what we really think Austin Eckler is going to be. I see Justin Jackson getting the touchdowns. I see him moving the chains. I, I do see Eckler getting some volume, but a lot of that is just going to be through passing. So him going as one of the top running backs off the board, nah, you can, you can take him and keep him. Evan, counterpoint, because I know you love Austin Eckler. Uh, he didn't have to. He he wasn't the bell cow last year, and he was still doing all right. Ooh, got you there. All right, two guys. <laughs> well, he's also going low 40s, which is a good place for a RB1 with a lot of question marks. All right, all right. So um, my guys that I'm avoiding um, up at the top, I'm avoiding um, Aaron Jones. I just think that um, we're going to be in for a little bit of disappointment for Aaron Jones this year. Uh, Melvin Gordon's another guy I'm avoiding. Uh, guy that I I'm I'm shying away from guys that I think have um, ticking clocks on them. So Mark Ingram, Marlon Mack, um, who else would that be? Uh, Devin Singletary I think has a ticking clock on him where um, he's not gonna he's not gonna get sidelined entirely by Zach Moss, but I think his value is gonna get knocked down. So uh, those are guys that I kind of think have a ticking clock on them. So I'm avoiding guys like that. And since I went last, I get to go first. Guys that I'm targeting, guys that I like. Oh, also, I'm not drafting Sony Michelle ever anywhere. If you see me draft Sony Michelle, know that I've been kidnapped, and that's my way of signaling you that um, uh, you know you need to come get me. Uh, so, guys that I'm actually liking that I'm warming up to. Jordan Howard is one that I'm warming up to because the more I think about it, the more I think that Jordan Howard's going to be the one in that offense uh, to Matt Breida's two, where Matt Breida is going to be in a, uh, a a smaller role. I'm probably still taking Cam Akers um, in the sixth um, because it's not like Daryl Henderson did much to show up last year. So it's going to be, I think, a straight camp battle. Um, Kareem Hunt, I'm I, I'm coming out of every draft with Kareem Hunt in the seventh. And um, I think if you're looking at Chubb versus Hunt, we don't know who it's going to be, um, but we know what Kevin Stefanski can do for running backs. So I'll take the cheaper guy there. And then I'm coming out of every single draft, every single draft, and I'm still doing it with Zach Moss. Zach Moss is going between picks 125 and 152. He's free. He's free. Take him. Do it. He's good. He's good and he's free. And uh, that's going to be an offense that's going to run the ball a lot. So those are guys that I'm targeting. So, uh, uh, Mike, who are you going to be targeting in this draft or in our drafts this year? Well, I definitely like either I like Barkley and Kamara. I mean, Mm -hmm. definitely Kamara more than Barkley because he's cheaper. Uh, I I do like uh, Joe Mixon. I think Mixon is going to have the. they're going to use him more in the passing game, a lot of dump offs. So that's going to increase for him. He's as far as reset receiving, you know, he can do it. He just hasn't really had the volume to do so. I think that offense is going to be better as well. So I'm looking at Joe Mixon as probably like lower, you know, top, top 10, top 12 running back. Uh, let's see who else. Let's scroll down a little bit here. And I'm um, David Johnson, of course. Mm-hmm. You love that, David Johnson. I love me some David Johnson. And then Jordan Howard, I can agree with you on that one. I like Howard. I, I think that if, especially, especially if, if two tags is going to be the starting quarterback, 
Uh, I'm definitely going to jump on Jordan Howard. He did do just get so such bad rep, but mm-hmm. it, you know he's 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 not going to catch many passes. But and then later in the part, later Justin Jackson, AJ Dillon, those kind of guys. Okay. All right. Yeah, AJ Dillon was a rookie we haven't even mentioned. We I tried to list every rookie running back I could think of and didn't get to AJ Dillon. <laughs> So, um, so all right, let's go into the tiers. So we have a lot of running backs to go through. We have um, 13 tiers of running backs by ADP. Some of these tiers we won't spend as much time on as others, don't worry. Um, but we're going to go ahead and um, go through them really quick. Uh, 14 tiers. Cause, cause Did we get fir- Evans, guys? Oh, Evan, sorry. I'm being a bad host. Evan, who are your guys that you love? I'm excited to be in uh, auction with you because it's going to be fun to see how high Kareem Cunt goes for between the two of us. Uh, all it takes is two people to love a guy, and all of a sudden he's going for an insane price. I've been rounding out my team a lot with the back-end RB2s. So that's been real a real good safety valve, and I can always upgrade them if I get my two top two RBs for less. But the, uh, the Le'Veon Bells and the David Johnsons, who was mentioned, and the Kareem Hunts, those are always guys. One of them is going to go for like 25 bucks, which I can always use. Uh, uh, in barbecue strategy, you're supposed to budget 35 for that RB. But if I kind of go go high on my first two, then I can just you know downgrade that guy and and usually get him. Okay, so that that um, that uh, running back 15 to 25 is kind of a, yeah. tier, a range yeah. where you're where you're feasting. So, okay, now we'll get to tears. Sorry, I was a bad host there for a second. So. Tier one, we can just set aside. It's Christian McCaffrey um, outside of a super flex league. I don't know of an argument to not take him first overall. Do you guys know of any? No, not unless you're in some weird Scott Fishbowl kind of. Yeah. You know, other than that, no. Super tight end premium. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So under four tight ends. Yeah, under normal circumstances, CMC goes number one outside of super flex leagues and even then probably still goes number one. My only thing is uh, Brian Sklar wrote a great article about looking at 400-touch tw- running backs. The next year, on average, their fantasy points go down by about 25%. The only quibble I have with him going number one but not taking him number one is getting too cute. You're trying to hit a moving target because then you're trying to figure out which of Saquon, Zeke, and Alvin Kamara are going to finish above CNC. And um, he's pretty much a shoe in to finish top four. So you I can't trade your draft position if you aren't picking him number one. With the second if, place guy. Yes, if you don't want Christian McCaffrey, move down. That's pretty much how it goes. So, the real tier one, so uh, these are the guys I'm actually calling tier one, are Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, and Alvin Kamara. They're all going picks two through four. Um, none of us are picking Zeke out of this. We already talked Zeke to death, so we'll set him aside. Mike, you said something that I agree with. I'm going Kamara over Saquon Barkley out of this group. That's who I want. Now, I don't know if that was by ADP, because Kamara is going to go third, or if, do you actually want Kamara before Barkley, or are you going to go Barkley before Kamara? If, if, I, if it's open to me, I'm going to go Barkley over Kamara, but okay. it's, yeah, I mean, I think they're all, they're one and two, A and B, really. Okay. Um, I'm going Kamara over Barkley because of the offense um, and the offensive line, and, um, you know, Maybe that's getting cute. I don't know, but we've seen Kamara do it already. Last year, he had a quote-unquote down year, but that was because um, he had touchdown, real bad touchdown um, contraction, and then he got hurt. 
Um, and Saquon Barkley also got hurt last year. So injuries aren't even something that I'm taking into account with these two. Um, but I'll take the guy that's had 81 catches three straight years. Uh, Evan, Saquon, Zeke, Alvin Kamara, who are you going at through these th- these three guys? Kamara is going for $13 less than Saquon. It's Saquon at 73 and a half and Kamara at 60 and a half. And there's just not that big of a drop off between the two. So I'm finding myself, if I do get one of those two, getting Kamara about... Wow, yeah, I've gotten Kamara five times out of 50 drafts, and I've gotten Saquon once. So there, he's, what, did you say $15 cheaper? 13 13 Give me a wide receiver that's $13. Oh, okay. Uh, any wide receiver, too, that you like. Okay. So that's, you know, you could get um, Saquon Barkley or, let's say, Alvin Kamara and um, just throwing yeah, him sort, out there. Stefan Diggs. Stephon Diggs. Yeah, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup, thirteen dollars. Cortland Sutton, you know, AJ Brown's going for eighteen point two. Devontae Parker, well, blah, but yeah, these <laughs> are the people you can get. So there you go. Uh, in auction, you can get Saquon and say I don't know, um, CD Lamb, or you can get Alvin Kamara and uh, uh, Cooper Cup. Boom, right there. There you go. That's Evan did all the analysis right there by telling us the 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 dollar difference. So. Um, then we get into tier 1B, which is guys going pick 6 and 7. Basically, Michael Thomas drives a wedge between these guys and the first tier. And it's Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook, and it's two guys that I don't see myself drafting. Mike, you said you were avoiding Derrick Henry. Evan, you said you were avoiding Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook. Uh, Mike, are you also avoiding Dalvin Cook? I wouldn't avoid Dalvin Cook if it's like the 10th or 11th pick of the first round. Mm-hmm. But anything before that, yeah, I'm not, I'm not taking him. I mean... Because then you're forced to taking um, Alexander Madison, and it just becomes one of those things. Where, and I never, never like to be forced to take anybody just because I took someone earlier in the draft. Yeah. And then you get in the situation of you're going to overdraft Madison because mm-hmm. then you start to panic. You go, well, what if I don't get Madison? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that that Dalvin Cook injury risk is too much for me to take in the first. I agree. And then um, I think Derrick Henry is going to get hurt, too. I mean, you can't keep yeah, up what he did at the end of last sure. year. 26 years old for a running back who just got 300 carries. Feels kind of creaky boned. That does feel kind of creaky boned, and that's Derrick Henry. And that's not just, even the playoffs. I think he ended up almost near 400 carries by the end of the year. Yeah, because they were giving him like thir- a no hyperbole, like 30 carries a game in the playoffs. So they really tried to run him into the ground there. So, all right, then we get into our tier three guys. And th- now we've got multiple guys and we can actually talk about them. We've kind of touched on them already. Uh, Mixon, Chubb, Josh Jacobs, Aaron Jones. These guys are all going picks nine through 15. Um, sounds like Josh Jacobs is the one that all of us prefer out of that group. Because unless, um, Mike, you said you like Joe Mixon. I'd take Mixon over Jacobs just because okay. I don't I don't trust Jacobs reception value right now. I I really if if I had more more security on that Gruden was gonna use Jacobs in the backfield as as a receiver, then I'd be all over Jacobs. But his what was it, twenty receptions last year? It's just it just doesn't just doesn't that that's talking Marlon Mack territory right there. Okay. And then so um Evan, is there a guy in this tier that you like other than Josh Jacobs because he's your uh, he's your boy? Yes. No, there's not. Uh, it's important to note that he's going for the least of all of them on average, too. So that's another reason why to like him. 
Oh, in auctions, he's going. Yeah, for I like that. You want the cheapest one in your tier, you know. So if you happen to like all four of them, you still want Melvin Gore. You still want, sorry, Josh Jacobs. Yeah. So question, Mike, you were down on one Green Bay Aaron, and you said that he was several tiers too high. Um, what about this other Green Bay Aaron? Does he belong in this tier in your eyes, or would you take him a little further back? Uh, maybe a little bit back. I I think those touchdowns are going to definitely take a regression uh, mm-hmm. big time, not only because it's hard to score 19 touchdowns in a season, but also when you have AJ Dillon, who's built like a mountain, you you know, they're they're The coach isn't going to be like, okay, I got Aaron Jones or this dude that's just going to trash everybody in the defensive line going into the end zone. So mm-hmm. it's AJ, AJ Dillon is going to take a lot away from Aaron Jones. And I really think that A.J. Dillon is uh, someone that can be, you know, a first and second down back. And they, they're going to share the load, which, you know, then you're putting pressure on, OK, can't, how many receptions is Aaron Jones going to get out of the backfield with someone like Jamal Williams and so forth and so on. So I, I definitely think that his, his production value is, is going to take a, a, a big hit. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of the consensus on people who like that's how I feel about Aaron Jones, people who aren't so high on on Jones there. So Mixon, Chubbs, Jacobs, Jones, I am actually not scared of Nick Chubb um, with Kareem Hunt. Mike, you quoted that RB24 stat from from before. Um, His usage wasn't all that different. Um, It was just he wasn't scoring the touchdowns that he was scoring before, but he was still getting the opportunity. So I think that'll. Even out, um, I think Kevin Stefanski will do a lot to help out the running game um, in Cleveland, uh, especially because uh, Nick Chubb didn't get a single 10-zone target last year. That's my insane stat. Nick Nick Chubb did not get a single target within the 10-zone last year, which, you know, kind of feels like even though he's not the best pass, you know, he's not the most prolific pass catcher in the world. Um, kind of feel like he should have gotten one target down there, you know? <laughs> and I agree. So what, what happens to him if he gets, say, let's just say he scores four touchdowns, four more touchdowns. Where does that oh, put four him? more. Four more touchdowns. Uh, let's see. So, uh, I mean, I, I, I see Nick Chubb ending up somewhere in the, like, running back 10 range, which is right where this is because this, is, this, this round is um, running back 7, 8, 9, and 10. But I don't think that Josh Jacobs or I don't think Aaron Jones finishes there. And I think Joe Mixon is I think Joe Mixon is either going to end up running back three or running back 18. I don't see, you know, like seven where he's being drafted in his range of outcomes. So if I want a safe running back, I kind of think Nick Chubb is is that because of, you know, he'll get the ball in his belly. He'll get a lot of touches. um, And I think the touchdowns will even out for him. So do you take Chubb or Jacobs? You know what, Mike? I asked the questions here. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uh, probably Chubb. I'm going to go with Chubb. Chubb wow. over Jacobs. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I think that the Raiders are going to want to pass it more this year, and I don't know if that includes Josh Jacobs as much. I mean, they went out, they got Brian Edwards, they got, um, what's his face, Ruggs. I got that right this time, right? They drafted Ruggs. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't go off on a jag about how they drafted CD Lamb, and that's not who they drafted. <laughs> um, 
I just and uh, Brian Edwards, uh, Rugs adding Aguilar, growth from Hunter Renfro, uh, growth from Ty- maybe not growth from Tyrell Williams, but and Darren Waller. I think they have a lot of. I think there's going to be a lot of passing, and I don't. We're splitting hairs here, but I would go Chubb over Jacobs at that point. I, I definitely hear what you're saying because, of course, those drafties, and then you had Lynn Bowden, who's multi-dimensional, mm. and it's it, they definitely look like they're 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 moving that direction. But I don't know. I just don't trust Derek Carr. But yeah, it's yeah. I mean, I, there's nothing wrong with what you're saying. I, I can definitely follow that. Okay, and then we get our pick to our tier three guys. Sanders, Drake, Eckler, three guys who kind of started to be good last year, for lack of a better term. Um, Sanders, rookie year, Kenyon Drake when he got traded to the Cardinals, and Eckler when he got a chance from being out from underneath Melvin Gordon's shadow. Evan, it's not Sanders for you, right? In this tier, gun to your head, is it Drake or Eckler? Uh, I like all three of these guys. Um, if, if I'm drafting, snake drafting, give me... Eckler. Eckler. Okay. What yeah, about their auction? What about their uh, auction values? Where, auction where this is in real fun way. Uh, if I uh, if I go wide receiver running back with my top two guys, I've been really rounding it out with these these two. Or if I spent like between 100 and 110, you know, light on my top two guys, it's real nice for these two. I usually stay by a 35 dollar running back and the other day i had started with Devonte adams for 53 and josh jacobs for 48 so i'm at 101 dollars and then i got austin eckler for 43 and i just counted that as my 35 dollar player because i'm like i can spend eight dollars on him there i save yeah. an average of 15 so i like all of them usually it's just whichever one goes for the low 40s okay so mike who are you picking out of this tier if you have to pick a guy in this tier uh, to me, it's Kenyon Drake. Drake. Uh, yeah, he, he has the whole backfield to himself. He's, uh, I think he's an excellent fit in that offense. And I just, I don't really trust Miles Sanders or Austin Eckler to be what we saw out of last year. I think Miles Sanders, whether it's Devontae Freeman or Boston Scott taking a lot away from him, just that Philadelphia's offense um, philosophy alone. Now, if Miles Sanders was on another team, then I could say, okay, well, he has, he's going to be the bell cow, but I, I, not with their philosophy that the Eagles are going to just say, Sanders, you're our guy, go for it. The auction public by himself. The auction, the auction public agrees with you. Drake is going for five percent more than Eckler, and about seven percent more than Sanders. Okay, all right, there we go. So, all right, so we're going to skip tier four because we already talked about that. That was our pick your poison. Picks 29 through 32. To run that back again, that's Leonard Fournette, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Chris Carson, Melvin Gordon. That's if you're just joining us. If you loaded up your podcast and jumped into the middle. (laughs) All right. So then we'll go ahead to tier five. So this is kind of a a decent jump. This is a seven-pick jump in ADP. So these are picks 39 through 51. So this is seven picks after tier four of these starts. So we got – this is where things start to get interesting. We got Todd Gurley, James Conner. Mark Ingram, Devin Singletary, David Johnson, and Jonathan Taylor. So we got a couple guys. I mean, Todd Gurley, David Johnson used to be top three picks. Uh, James Conner, one-year wonder. Devin Singletary, one-year wonder. Uh, Ingram finally broke free of uh, New Orleans and had lots of touchdowns. And then the rookie, Jonathan Taylor. 
So I think that Jonathan Taylor drops down into maybe tier six uh, with this uh, news. Um, that's picks 62 and 63. Um, I think he might drop down a whole round. Um, but for now, he's in this uh, tier five, guys. Um, I'm going – actually, who are you guys going? Because this is a tough tier to suss out. Well, Mike, I'm starting with you. Uh, you know, I, I, I say go – I'm I'm much happier with David Johnson, of course, as we talked about, but I won't talk about him now. You can go back to the earlier podcast if you missed portion of it, and all the other podcasts I have talked about David yes. Johnson. Um, <laughs> I can't believe it, I threw it to you on the David Johnson tier. As soon as I said that, I was like, I know who he's going to talk about. It's going to be David Johnson. <laughs> but my guy, and I'm sorry, but I don't see Zach Moss being much of anything. Uh, Devin Singletary is my guy, the guy that I was partial to last year, partial to this year. I think he, he's he's the dude. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, I think you're going to see a little bit more out of him. But if I had to go with any of them, um, I'd probably go Le'Veon Bell, Devin Singletary, um, that, that kind of group. But David Johnson's my number one guy. Yeah, and I'm realizing I accidentally did not put Le'Veon Bell in this tier, even though he belongs there. Mike looking at the at one document that I that I that I ginned up, and uh, me looking at another. So Lev Bell is in this tier as well. So we've got three former top three guys in um, Bell, uh, Gurley, and DJ. So Evan, um, you said this is where you kind of live. So um, where do you where where are you looking here? Yeah, Bell, David Johnson. Bell and David Johnson are the ones where I, I, I don't mind when they're my right, running back three. I'm sliding him into a flex, so I just want to get like five points and have a few good weeks. That's fine. Everybody else, if they're on my team, they'd better have cost 10 bucks or fewer, and they'd better be a bench chip with a high-risk, medium reward. Guys, I'm doing it. So for years, I was the anti-Todd Gurley. I found reasons to not like Todd Gurley. It was coming off the years with Jeff Fisher. It was the arthritic knee. I am not fearing the knee anymore. I'm not fearing the knee-per. I think with his upside here, tier five, um, I will take Todd Gurley here. Todd Gurley as the 40th pick off the board. Um, I'm perfectly fine with that. That bakes in his downside. That bakes in his risk. Devonta Freeman... Ha, was not good last year, but he still did okay in this offense. Todd Gurley wasn't good last year, but he still did, still did okay with the Rams. I think they're going to feed Todd Gurley till he throws up because um, who else are they going to give it to in the backfield? Brian Hill, Ito Smith, Quadre Allison. Those guys have all gotten shots at the title. They've all gotten shots at the crown of running back one. And do you know what they what the Falcons did with that information? They went out and they got Todd Gurley the second that he became available. If he was going in the top 15 running backs, I would have him as a bust. I would say, don't take him in the top 15 running backs, but if you can get him as the 20th running back, I'll take that risk. I think he's going to get plenty of opportunity to produce in this offense. And I think that he is a safe running back too, as long as he's healthy. Um, health is the question, which is why he is in the risky running back two thing, kind of back end running back two. Um, but I'll go ahead. I'll take Todd Gurley. And you know what? I guess this is my risky tier because I'm also willing to take that plunge on Todd Gurley or James Conner. Um, good. Like Connor too. Yeah. yeah, he was really good. Last year got derailed by injuries. I think he came back too early from his injuries. But the Steelers love to have a bell cow. If they can have a bell cow, they'll have one. 
And James Conner was that for them back in 2018. It's just last year things got off the rails with injuries. And this can't be right. I'm, Todd Gurley was RB14. Sorry, Jeff. Todd Gurley was RB14 last year? Yes. Okay, He's, I'm sold. He scored lots of touchdowns. The, the touchdowns, yeah, that that was why. I I I still I don't ha, I don't yeah I, I see him hovering around Devontae Freeman numbers, but it's so difficult not to see Todd, Todd Gurley's name around and I mean yeah and go okay I'm not going to pull the trigger. Yeah, so I mean I um maybe I'm going crazy. I did say um you know I wasn't gonna draft uh based on what you know try and draft on rebounding you know i'm going to draft on future but i think todd Gurley in atlanta i'll take that that bet especially since um like jonathan taylor was going to be my guy in this tier but we already talked about why i don't trust him so much anymore with this i think jonathan taylor drops down to the jk dobbins range which is you know several tiers later for me so um so we'll go ahead we'll move on to tier six which is a two-guy tier david montgomery raheem mostert couple guys in shared backfields who don't catch passes uh, with week 11 buys. The um, similarities never stop. So most are looking like he's going to stay with San Francisco. Um, I have gone as much as Mike's talked about how much he likes David Johnson. I've talked about how much I don't like Raheem Mostert going where he goes, but I also don't like David Montgomery. So guess who I'm picking here? Nobody. I'm abstaining from this tier. What about you guys? Uh, Evan, are, do you find yourself with DeMont or Mostert in any drafts? Uh, only on my bench if they go for single digits, which is David Montgomery's going for an average of 10.4. So it happens. Uh, Raheem Mostert, I believe, just off memory. Yeah, he's going for about 14. So that rarely ends up on my team. Okay. And uh, uh, Mike, what about you? I don't really care. I get any of these guys, Montgomery or Mostert. But I tell you what, if I had it, say, a, ch- a choice to make and – my choice was between Montgomery, Taylor, Ingram. I would take Montgomery over both Taylor and Ingram. Yeah. So, um, really, over to – okay. So, um, what makes you so confident in David Montgomery this year after he kind of farted out last year? Or is it not believing in those other guys? Well, number one, I, I don't – there's way too many running backs with Mark Ingram to be, even consider him being a tier above Montgomery – uh, secondly, Jonathan Taylor, we've discussed that as far as what I think is is his partiality, and and it just he's just way too far behind being a rookie. I also with David Montgomery, there was probably a lot more had to do with the fact that he had horrible quarterbacks, and and obviously the quarterbacks aren't much better. But you also add another second year to to a situation, the fact that. There's no other running back there. I mean, obviously, it's going to be David Montgomery or Bust as far as carrying the ball, which is a lot more than you say about Montgomery. I mean, Ingram and Taylor. So, and really, what's the difference between, you know, I mean, it's it's here or there. Connor, you have injury risk. David Montgomery, you have bad quarterbacks. You know what I'm saying? So, it's it's just a lot of, a lot of speculation. I think all of them really are in one pile. But I'm I'm not vo- I'm avoiding Ingram full 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 on avoiding Ingram and probably Taylor if he's at where he is now. Okay, that's fair enough. So let's go ahead. Let's move on. We we got to boogie through these tiers because there's a lot of them. So tier seven, uh, it's a big one. It's uh, DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers, Kareem Hunt, 
Darius Geis, Sony Michelle, Damian Williams, Marlon Mack, and these are picks 71 through 87. So there's a lot of guys in this tier. This is a seven-player tier, but it's also across 16 picks. So it's a big tier. Um, let's just say, let's just pick our favorite guy in this tier. Um, favorite two, I guess, because I can't. I come out of every draft with one or two of Cam Akers and Cream Hunt. That's either going to make my season or sink me. But I've talked about them enough. So. Um, Mike, who are you two, your two guys in this tier? I'm going to go with Cream Hunt and, you know, I'm going to roll the dice with Darius guys. Roll the guys. Guys, yeah. Roll, so you're rolling the dice with – <laughs> let's try that again. You're rolling the dice with guys. Um, if it's, you know, if Darius guys gets hurt in the preseason or training camp because there is no preseason, um, I know, one, that would be a shocker. But, two, where would you go here – um in this uh this draft i probably oh that's a tough question um you know i'd probably go deandre swift deandre swift yeah yeah i'm officially off the carry on johnson train um if it weren't for acres or hunt i swift is a draft and stash for me this year i like him hopefully i can get him a little bit cheaper than this though evan what about you who are your two guys from this tier you're, you're really digging uh hunt still i was always snapping him up when he was going for an average of one to five dollars now he's going for about twelve dollars which i still think Ooh. is a steal it's just that once in a while i i don't have that much money left at the point in the auction where where he goes so i'm getting him less but not not because i don't like his value uh cam acres on the ram seems to have less well you know what it is deandre uh i've been i've been led by the detroit running back hype machine just one too many times i've been let down by that you know uh, so I kind of want to go with Cam Akers just because he doesn't play for Detroit. Oh, come on. DeAndre Swift. Uh, let's see. Joyke Bell. Uh, Mikel Lashore. Uh, Kevin Smith. Uh, Amir Abdullah. Carry uh, on Johnson. Johnson. When have any of these guys burned you, Evan? <laughs> Fun fact. DeAndre is French for of Andre. Okay. So he is uh, of a very inexpensive uh, champagne brand. Yep. All right, I'm uh, I'm going to go ahead and move on to tier eight. Uh, this is an interesting tier. This is where things start to – you start to get into backups and, and guys that are probably going to lose their jobs um, and split backfield. So you got Carrion Johnson, um, Ronald Jones, Matt Breida, Philip Lindsay, Jordan Howard, James White, picks 92 to 99. Now, this is half PPR. We split the difference. James White goes much higher in PPR much lower in, in standard because of his role. Um, we, Mike, we've talked about who we like in this tier. Who are you other than carry on? Okay. Everybody's avoiding carry on. He stinks. <laughs> he can't, he can't stay uh, healthy. Who are you avoiding in this tier? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I think, I think I'd have to avoid Ronald Jones. Philip Lindsay is a close second, though. It would be one of those two that I would avoid completely. Okay. Um, I'll say, uh, what's up with Rojo? Just the fact that there, he's he's just splinter too much. Uh, you, you're, he's not going to be part of the, the backfield when it comes down to third downs. He, he might get the touchdown carries. He might not. Uh, it, you know, it just. It, it, He's just way too diced up to to count on for anything of of anything. If if he was a better blocker, maybe, but yeah, I I just can't see it. Okay, 
I mean, that's fair enough. Um, Evan, who's the guy that you're avoiding in this group? I, that's probably pretty easy for you with your fall in love with 10% of guys philosophy. Yeah, this is I, – I don't normally snake draft, but occasionally I have to do them for, you know, articles or someone else's articles. And when I do, this is the point where I go, huh, these guys sure are garbage. I would never have on my team. And I look, and it's like round seven or eight, and I'm like, I've got like six straight rounds of having these people on their team. Why do people do this to themselves? Mm-hmm. Yeah, by by this time, I've already filled out my my uh, six running backs. So I don't take any of them. You don't take so it's the entire tier is who you're. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I've had. A, I don't think I have this. I'm going through. I'm control effing all my auctions. Yeah, I, I haven't had a. Oh, well, I had Jordan Howard a couple times. So kind of I had Jordan Howard, right? I, okay. So all right. So I really like Jordan Howard. Um, in, a, in, in any league where you get points for catching the football, I'll take a shot on James White. Um, yeah. Philip Lindsay, Matt Breida. I don't really see the point of drafting those guys. Um, especially, um, I think Breida is going to take the back. Everything I've seen about Matt Breida um, has tells me that he needs to be in a smaller role because he gets hurt so often. And I think the Dolphins would be better served giving him maybe 10 touches a game. He's very good. He's a very good dynamic player. He just gets hurt a lot and is better suited, you know, in a limited role catching the defense off off uh, kilter. He's not the running back that you're going to be able to, you know, go up the gut three times with him. He's the guy that's going to catch balls out of the backfield, uh, maybe a sweep, maybe, uh, you know, uh, a lot um, around the end. But I think that um, that's the guy that I'm avoiding. And then Philip Lindsay, I mean, they refused to pay Philip Lindsay and then they brought in Melvin Gordon. That kind of tells me all I need to know. The Broncos are telling me to not draft Philip Lindsay at this point in the draft. So um, even if they end up splitting the backfield, I think Gordon will get the more valuable touches there. Even though I like Lindsay the player, I just don't think the touches are going to be there um, overall. If Gordon wasn't there, this would be a slam dunk. If Gordon wasn't there, he'd be going three tiers higher, but Melvin Gordon is there. so um, he, He's sort of Ronald Jones kind of style where, you know, he's not going to be catching a lot of passes. So that's not even helping him. Yeah, see, so it, it's, it's you know, he's a he's a backup two-down banger. Like, why would you draft that over, I mean, even over guys in the next tier? Like, why would you take that over where we start to get into handcuffs? So let's uh, let's go on to the next tier, uh, tier nine, picks 103 through 116. Uh, these are more split backfield guys um, who kind of are projected to have the shorter end of the split, and then we start to get in, into pure handcuffs. So you got... Daryl Henderson, who's uh, in a fight with Cam Akers. You got Keyshawn Vaughn, who we've talked about with Rojo, Ronald Jones. Got J.K. Dobbins, who's in a split with Mark Ingram, starting as the backup, presumably. Got Tevin Coleman, who's in a split with Raheem Mostert. And then we got two handcuffs, Alexander Madison and Latavius Murray for Dalvin Cook and uh, Alvin Kamara. I almost called him Kareem Amara. I don't know where that came from. Um, But... uh, we got those guys rounding out this tier. So, uh, Evan, we'll start with you. Who are you targeting in this tier? Well, these guys go for a buck or two, which coincidentally is how much a lottery ticket goes for, unless you have a gambling addiction. Um, hey, wait a second. The scratchers with the uh, with the uh, crosswords, those crosswords are like are fun. Those are like three bucks. I pay those. I pay for those for the fun of okay, it. Okay, one to three dollars. <laughs> uh, yeah, they make good p- party favors. Um, so with a lottery ticket, you want a high, a high-end reward. You know, nobody likes smashing off a lottery ticket and getting two bucks. So J.K. Dobbins, Keyshawn Vaughn, 
and Madison and maybe Murray, I think fit that high end uh, uh, reward thing. If you want to just stash him on your bench, Daryl Henderson's already shown he can't do it. And I just, I don't know why, maybe you can put more better words to it, but I, I don't see Tevin Coleman stepping up if Mostert gets injured. Um, I think the 49ers backfield is going to be split too many ways, especially if Mostert um, goes down. So, um, so yeah, I, 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 Tevin Coleman is like, he got 20 something carries in the, uh, uh, divisional game. So it, it, it might be there, but, um, it might not be. And I think with, uh, Jarek McKinnon coming back, it's going to be kind of a mess. Okay. That makes sense. Fair enough. Okay. And so, um, uh, my guy in this tier that I'm targeting is, uh, I guess J.K. Dobbins in a stash and hold. Um, like I've said before, I think that his his time is coming um, in in Baltimore by the end of the season. So if I had to take one of these guys, I take Dobbins in a stash and hold. Um, so all right, you guys you guys said on tier nine. Anything else you want to say? We're getting to the point where people might not be picking these guys even in snake drafts just because they want to uh, fill out their quarterback with a couple of backups because of COVID, you know? Yeah. You're Wonder. start, you're starting to see the tiers get bigger at this point. Like that was a 13 pick tier. The next tier is uh, picks 125 through 152. So that's a 27 pick tier. It's just chopping it up more than that would be like two tiers between Tariq Cohen, Tony Pollard, Duke Johnson, and Zach Moss. And I wasn't willing to do that to us. Um, so that's, that's a bigger tier. I Go look ahead. at it this way. I look at it like, okay, Tariq Cohen's going in the next tier. But I take him over Henderson, Vaughn, Dobbins, Coleman. Yeah, and you know what? I would take him over a lot of those guys too, depending on what my roster looked like. Um, so why don't you talk about Tariq Cohen a little bit, Mike? Tariq Cohen is your is your PPR guy. Uh, okay. He's someone that you're going to draft as your fourth or fifth running back and be happy as a flex maybe spot who's going to catch you know four to five passes for you a game, but he's not going to do anything more than that. He, Again, he's more of a full PPR guy, just like Dare. If you're in a half PPR or non-PPR, he becomes useless. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about Tariq Cohen. He's a shot in um, uh, uh, PPR leagues, but nothing else. So, uh, Evan, what about you? Who, who, what are you making of this, tier? Are you just skipping it entirely? As these are these are guys that you've said. Um, when you get down to here, you're like, why would anybody want these on their roster? These guys on their roster? Yeah, I'd rather take um, spend a buck or two on a running back or two that's a higher lottery ticket, and then spend maybe five to ten dollars on a bench running back that I know is gonna give me five boring points in a flex week, or sorry, on a bye week, like Latavius Murray. I don't think he's gonna flip out if Kamara gets injured, but I'll take him for you know four or five because I know on a bye week he'll he, he gets usage. It feels like if I if I had to go somewhere, Tony Pollard and Zach Moss might have the highest upside. Yeah, I mean, right? if we're if we're really thinking that Zeke's gonna get hurt, we can have a lottery ticket in Tony Pollard, and um, I'm honestly going Zach Moss here. I, I've said it enough. I'm not gonna belabor the point. Um, at this point, we're so late in the year that uh, we've kind of have our flags on on certain guys, and Zach Moss is is my boy. Uh, this late in the draft. Um, but there are guys in tier 11 that I would rather have than guys in tier 10. So why don't we go ahead? We'll move on to tier 11. And this is the last year we'll really get in depth on because the next two are what I call near undrafted and completely undrafted. So these are your these guys here. Your tier 11 are your last your last pick to round out your bench. And they are AP, 
Jamal Williams, Boston Scott, Rashad Penny, Chase Edmonds, Naheem Hines, Justin Jackson, AJ Dillon. Um, I'm going to put my flag in him. I'm going to take your boy, Mike, Naheem Hines. Uh, Philip Rivers has spent uh, his entire career giving one running back per season about 14% of his targets. And I don't see that being Marlon Mack, and I don't see that being um, Jonathan Taylor. So it's got to be somebody. I think it'll be the pass catching back, Naheem Hines. I think he got 81 targets in 2018. And I'm giving all of the Colts a blanket pardon for 2019, given the the, uh, Andrew Luck um, retirement. So I have decided I'm giving all Colts a blanket pardon for last season. So Naheem Hines, come on down. I'll, I'll have a spot for you on my roster. I like that. I always like Colts being drafted. I I, <laughs> I wouldn't draft him over some of these guys, but if if it works out that way, then Hines definitely has uh, some great value. Okay. Um, I also like Justin Jackson. I also like Boston Scott. Those all three of those guys were in my um, undraftables piece that I wrote for the. Uh, for the Patreon folks today. So, um, so Mike, who are you targeting in this tier 11? I would definitely say with Justin Jackson, as I was talking about earlier, uh, I like AJ Dillon. I think those two are my guys, uh, as far as who I would pick in this, in this tier. Okay. And Evan, what about you? Well, quickly, I want to say, uh, for anyone listening to this for serious family of fantasy advice, consider my contribution from here on out for entertainment purposes only because I don't ever have to distinguish between these people whereas Mike and Jeff are in dynasty leagues they're in drafts they're constantly having to split the hairs but that said I liked Boston Scott when I saw him play he seemed to like have sense about him okay so Evan you you have that for entertainment purposes only not gambling advice disclaimer Yep. <laughs> That's All where right. I got it from. I was trying to remember where I'd seen that from. Yeah, for entertainment purposes only. So, um, so yeah, Boston Scott's a good option there as well, um, especially if they don't go, the Eagles don't go out and add somebody like a Devonta Freeman or a Lamar Miller who's still floating out there um, in free agency. So, um, okay, so those are the last of the guys that are kind of getting drafted. Uh, these guys are getting drafted. They have ADPs. So they are getting drafted sometimes, but it's in deeper leagues. And I'm going to take a deep breath here, okay? Because this is a big tier. Antonio Gibson, Justice Hill, Anthony McFarlane, Jalen Samuels, Ryquel Armstead, Devonta Freeman, Carlos Hyde, Damian Harris, Darrington Evans, Malcolm Brown, Gio Bernard, Royce Freeman, Joshua Kelly, and Lynn Bowden Jr. So we've got a mix of guys here. We've got some rookies with Gibson, McFarlane, Bowden. Uh, we've got some some uh, kind of uh, veteran backup, uh, you know, guys like Freeman, Raquel Armstead, Justice Hill. Um, Carlos Hyde is probably a backup at this point in his career. And then we've got just guys that I'm not sure what you're doing um, other than like handcuffing Derrick Henry with Darrington Evans. Or uh, you really like Jalen Samuels as a baby uh, Naheem Hines sort of thing in a deeper league. Um I'm going to the only guy in this tier that I would find myself drafting would be Antonio Gibson. And that's as an extreme upside play um, because Ron Rivera is hyping him as being used similarly to Christian McCaffrey. Not saying that he has Christian McCaffrey's skills or talent level, but, you know, why not? If if Ron Rivera is saying he might use him like Christian McCaffrey, that's a guy you probably want to have on your roster. Is there anybody else anywhere else you guys are looking in this tier? It's a pretty rough tier. I would take a shot on Carlos Hyde just because all those injuries are that are that are in the running backs backfield and 
we know that Seattle loves to run the ball and they run it heavily. So I, I and they're good at it. And Hyde could definitely be a beneficiary of that. And then of course Devontae Freeman if he ever lands somewhere. But other than that, there's really nothing here. Yeah, there's not much in this tier. And and uh yeah, Mike, to that point, um if Chris Carson's hip injury isn't healed and if um, Rashad Penny's knee injury isn't healed, then Carlos Hyde is in line for a lot of carries. Uh, they had drafted DJ Dallas, but um, I don't see DJ Dallas really beating out Carlos Hyde for a lot of the, uh, you know, traditional running back touches um, there in, um, in Seattle. So that's a good point. Carlos Hyde's not a bad option. All right. Tier 13. I'm not going to read it out to the folks. I'm going to save them that problem. Is there anybody in this tier that, that you might have, you, you might want to give our listeners a, a name to remember. Um, Mike, I know you do. We talk about him a lot. Darwe Ogunbowale. Um, but anybody else in this tier, any remaining running backs that you think people should uh, should worry about? I mean, obviously, these none of these guys are going to be drafted. But uh, I, I, Michael P. Ryan is sort of mm. a less talented uh, um, Le- Le'Veon Bell. So if Le'Veon Bell goes down and you have a rookie that is sort of like Le'Veon Bell, why not? You know, other than that. I mean, Jarek McKinnon, maybe, but yeah, there's nothing. Yeah, I think Jarek McKinnon might be in a in a sort of gadget role for the 49ers. I don't think he's going to get enough touches to matter. Um, Evan, for entertainment purposes only, is there anybody in this? Darwin Thompson! Go get that Darwin dude. Thompson. <laughs> it's 2019 all over again. Uh, Evan, is there anybody that you're interested in? DeAndre Washington was clutch week 16 last year. He had like a hundred touches and a t- hundred hundred touches, a hundred yards. A hundred touches. Yeah, so I told you he was clutch. Uh, DeAndre Washington, I have fond memories of him, so I might end up with him. Uh, fun fact: DeAndre is French for to Andre or from Andre. It's a very fluid language. Um, are any of these people rookies? Uh, let's see. Um, I'm not seeing any. Is Somebody's... it is P Ryan a rookie or is he a rookie last year? No, P Ryan, because P Ryan down my leg wasn't that oh, a that's team right. name? Yeah. Yeah, there none of these guys are none of these guys are rookies. No, P Ryan's a rookie this year. He is. You're oh, you're thinking of Sam Sam J. P Ryan. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, but, Sam, Samaj P. Oh my God, I forgot about Samaj P Ryan. Yeah. So okay, I thought Lamichael P Ryan was a rookie. Okay, give me that one. It seems like a rookie running back develops every year that surprises people. You're not taking Mike Boone or Kyle Uzcheck. No, Kyle Uzcheck is the one who can really block really well, right? He's a fullback, yeah. Yeah. Uh, sleeper, deep, deep, deep sleeper dart throw. Bryce Love was really good before he had a million injuries, and um, if Darius Geis gets hurt again, and Adrian Peterson finally looks like his age, he could get a and shot. Peyton Barber can maybe, you know, and they got like 15. Yeah. Running backs there, it's hilarious. They have so many running backs, but I liked Bryce Love. Um, what I saw from him before he got hurt, he got hurt in college and then he came back and he was kind of a mess. And, um, but before he got hurt, he looked really good and he redshirted last year. So he might be recovered and be back to the back that he was before. So, um, so yeah, wow, guys, that was a lot of running backs to go through. So, um, do you guys have anything else about running backs you want to talk about before we let the folks go with COVID draft as many as you possibly can bingo. There you go. Get as many of the, of everybody as you can, but especially running backs. They get hurt enough, and with COVID, get as many as you can. Evan, any parting words about running backs? 
you got to get one in the first two rounds. If you go wide receiver, wide receiver, you're going to end up with, on average, David Montgomery as your starting running back. Buddy, sounds like fun to me. So, all right, that'll do it for this week's episode of the Football Absurdity Podcast. Um, we will be back next week in the Patreon feed with our wide receiver preview, where we will do the same thing all over with the wide receivers. And um, if you liked what you heard, please uh, rate, review, subscribe. And if you want to hear more, um, our quarterback preview is already in the Patreon feed. And like I said, wide receiver will be um, back in that feed next Friday. If you are just doing main feed only, uh, we will see you in two weeks where we will be talking everybody's favorite position. Tight end, baby. Hell yeah, tight ends. You. Oh, never Woo. mind. I don't like that position. No, tight ends suck. So, all right. For Mike, for Evan, this is Jeff. Thanks for listening and you have a good one. Bye. Hello. Hello.